At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network It is hour number three of The Look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as in 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by Sean Zarilli. He does a great job at the Action Network. He is one of their main baseball analysts. He is going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at the Monday slate with him, and on top of that, we've got quite a few Monday games to take a look at. We've got 12 in total, so I'm going to give you guys exactly what I like on the card for Monday as in the first two hours, we talk quite a bit about the NFL. We want diving into a little bit of NASCAR as well, something that typically does not wind up making an appearance on the lookout, but when you wind up having something that happens for the first time since 1960 with disqualifications and what that means to all of you guys that want to betting and all of you guys that have a ticket on it, it is very, very important. So hopefully you guys wind up enjoying that chatter. And if you want to missing it, vcin.com slash podcast. We've got you covered. We post up every single hour of every single show. So that'll be up by the time this show winds bending as well. Sometimes it takes a few minutes just for everything to upload and everything like that. But certainly we've got you guys covered with a little bit of everything here. And here in the final hour, we're going to try to get, make you guys some money on this wonderful Monday. So let's dive into some National League games. And let's take a look at a game between a pair of teams out there in the National League Central. We go 955-956 to lead off the hour as the Chicago Cubs are going to be playing us the Pittsburgh Pirates. JT Brubaker goes for the Pirates, and Adrian Sampson is going to be going for the Cubs. Most books do not have a total up on this game. This is a Wrigley Field game, and typically with games out there in Wrigley Field, it is dependent upon the wind. So, you're going to see off the board, and darn near everywhere except for Circa, where I sit right now, they have posted a total of 8.5 over his minus 115, and the under is minus 105 on that juice, but most other places have this off the board, and with the Cubs, I'm going to lay up to a minus 144, minus 145-ish with them. We're starting to get to a little bit of a point of no return on them. We were seeing them a little bit earlier, more around a minus 135 to a minus 140, which would have been a little bit more palatable. So I would be taking a look at the line a little bit here, but more around the minus 140s, minus 142s that we're seeing, I'd be willing to lay it on the Chicago Cubs. And when it comes to the spot, the total of an 8.5 that I'm seeing here at Circa, I'd be willing to take it under now with... Gauging the wind in this spot, it's going to be a lot easier than most days for these bookmakers because taking a look at the forecast right now, looks like about two to three mile per hour wind. So, I mean, regardless of what way the wind is blowing, it's two to three miles per hour. It's pretty much a non-factor in this game. So 
you don't have to lose a bunch of sleep trying to become some overnight meteorologist. It's a very calm day out there in Wrigley Field. So that'll be able to help you guys out a little bit. But taking a look at Adrian Sampson, the starter that is going to be going for the Chicago Cubs. Been an interesting career for him the last few years. As many of you guys may recall, he was with the Texas Rangers for a few years. And many of you guys during the pandemic that wound up jumping into the KBO may remember he was posting up like a five ERA with the Lotte Giants. But in his two years with the Chicago Cubs, he's had a little bit of a career renaissance and has been really good with his command, giving up right in the neighborhood about two walks per nine innings. Not going to be a guy that's going to go out there and get a whole bunch of strikeouts or anything like that, right around six and a half strikeouts per nine innings in his career with the Cubs. And with the Cubs, wound up doing a little bit of long relief, has been able to start a few games, but he's been able to post up a 3.06 ERA in his two seasons and backed up by a Cubs bullpen that, I mean, it's been up and down for the team this season. First month of the year, they were tremendous. Then they wound up going into a big giant swoon, but take a look at what you've been able to get the last, we're going to call it about five or so weeks for this team. Ever since June 17th, this has been one of the better bullpens out there in the big league, says maybe they will post up a sub-3 ERA in the science van, and for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's been the complete opposite. It has been a relatively rough run for this bullpen. You do have a few guys where the Pittsburgh Pirates are able to lend some length, like a Tyler Beattie has been able to do a solid job posting up a sub-4 ERA. Chase Young has been able to come in and hold down the fort, but the Pittsburgh Pirates, ever since June 17th, the length of time that I was referencing with the Cubs, they are dead last in the league in terms of bullpen ERA at a 585, though I will say, for J.T. Brubaker, it's actually been a little bit better on the road than at home. A complete and utter change from what we wound up seeing last year. Last year, he actually wound up having an ERA three points higher on the road than it was at home this year. More like a 375 ERA on the road. He's really been able to do a good job of not giving up bombs, giving up a little bit under one home run for nine innings. So he's been there, been able to do a relatively solid job. But for the Pittsburgh Pirates, what's more concerning than their bullpen, in my opinion, the bats as Brian Reynolds being on the injured list has really hurt this team. You had one guy receiving at bat on Sunday that's got more than six home runs this season for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and that was a pinch hitter in Michael Chavis. I mean, just take a look up and down the line with this team. You don't have guys that are really able to get on base, as Chavis, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, sitting at 235, and among guys that have had at least 40 at-bats this far this season, one guy that wound up seeing an at-bat on Sunday Hitting above a 248. That'd be Kevin Newman. Now you have Cabrian A's, Ben Gamble, both of these guys. Plus to get right around at 320 to a 330-ish on base. But Cal Mitchell, Gregory Allen, Oniel Cruz, Taylor Heineman, Diego Casillo, Yogi Sh- y- Yogi Satsugo. I mean, all these guys. They are posting up a batting average of a 220 or lower. It's been really bad for them. Meanwhile, with the Chicago Cubs, though it's not necessarily been the world's most competitive team in the world. You still have Wilson Contreras, who's been able to give you 14 home runs, 360 on base. Got a guy in Patrick Wisdom who's on pace for 200 strikeouts, but he's been able to supply 17 home runs. Rafael Ortega's been able to get on base for the same. C.A. Suzuki, Nico Horner, they're both hitting above a 275. Horner hitting more in the neighborhood of about a 300. So we've seen the Cubs be a little bit more competitive. They're coming off a very nice sweep against the Philadelphia Phillies. So with the Chicago Cubs as well, been very interesting to take a look at their home and road split. It says, this is a Cubs team that they're 20 and 25 on the road, which I recognize it's not the world's greatest record, but it's not terrible. At home, they have lost 32 games and they've won 18. So it has actually been a big issue, but you may recall that the Cubs a little bit earlier this season, they had a game in which they put 21 runs on the board at home up against the Pittsburgh Pirates. They've really had the Pittsburgh Pirates number last few years in general 
I do think that that's going to wind up withholding. Want to lay up to about a minus 144 year with the Cubs. I do think that G2 Burbaker is going to be able to lend a relatively solid start, but I think that the bats of the Pirates, they are going to continue to struggle as long as we've got the 8.5 like I'm seeing at Circa. I'd be willing to take a look at an under as well. How about if we take a look at another National League Central team as we go to my home state of Wisconsin, 957-958. The Brewers are going to be playing us to the Colorado Rockies as Kyle Freeland takes a bump for the Rockies and Aaron Ashby is going to be going for the Brewers. The Brewers are between a minus 185 to a minus 190 favor between plus 160, plus 175 is your price on the Rockies with a total of 8.5 and with the Rockies, need at least a plus 180 to take a shot here. We're coming up a little bit short with regards to the Brewers' run line. I'd be willing to take it if I'm able to get a little bit of a plus price. Right now, I'm seeing in a lot of spots, right around about a plus 110. If I'm able to get a plus 110 or greater, I'd be taking a look here. This is one in which I personally am going to be taking a look to see how this winds up shaking out in the AM because Kyle Freeland, he's been able to do a little bit of a better job on the road this season. His ERA on the road is about a point lower than it is at home. And Freeland has been able to do a nice job of being able to not give out free passes, giving up under two and a half walks for nine innings. And that has been a little bit of an issue for an Aaron Ashby. Aaron Ashby giving up right around four walks for nine innings, but guy is absolutely filthy stuff. He has been able to get over 11 strikeouts for nine innings. The record is two and seven. He does not deserve this record with Ashby. ERA hovering right around a 4-5. It doesn't necessarily look impressive. He's been a little bit of a victim of bad luck. The contact that he's given up, it's sort of been in the wrong spots. He's been giving up a few home runs. that It would have been home runs in like 5 out of 30 ballparks, and he just so happened to be in one of those 5. So it's been a little bit of a Murphy's Law sort of season for him, but this is someone that I think has really good stuff in. Certainly in future years, you're going to be able to take a look at him a little bit more than in this season, in my opinion, just because he does need to lock in a little bit with regards to the command. But he's got a 457 ERA compared to a 393 fielding independence. So should be doing for a little bit of positive progression. And when it comes to this Colorado Rockies team, the big concern that you've got is this team when they wind up playing on the road. As Colorado always has the most demonstrative home and road splits with regards to offense because you play Coors Field, and Coors Field is as hitter-friendly as it gets. When you wind up going on the road, that's an issue. You wind up going down from elevation, and as a result, the Colorado Rockies averaging right around 5.8 runs per game at home, more like 3.1 to 3.2 runs per game on the road. And really the big thing for the Rockies is not just the sheer runs per game, not just the batting average, it's the power. You've got someone in Brandon Rogers who's got nine home runs this season. All nine have come at home. C.J. Crone, 22 home runs this season. Just seven of those have come on the road. As a matter of fact, the Colorado Rockies, right around 1.2, 1.25 home runs per game at home on the road between 0.5 and 0.6, depending on how you want to round that. So it's been an issue. Now, for the Milwaukee Brewers, some of the, shall we say, issues that this team has had has been with regards to the bats. As you've got one guy that is currently hitting above a 260 for this team, that's Mark Brasso, who's seen right around 100 at-bats thus far this season. But you have a couple guys I've had a little bit of a come up. Christian Yelich has been a little bit banged up, but whenever he's been out there, he, Hunter Renfro, Andrew McCutcheon, they've all been able to ride around at 245 to a 260, throwing their Chase Peterson as well. And you do have Willie Adamas, Rodu Yitelas, they've been able to combine 35 home runs. So you've been able to have a little bit of power. Hunter Renfro wanted going deep in the win on Sunday for the team as well. So he's been able to do a good job of being able to hold it down. And for the Brewers, you did wind up having to use up Josh Hader yesterday. He or I should say on Sunday, 
Now with Hader, he's been looking a little bit better recently, so that's been a good sign because when he's going well, he is the best closer out there in the game. What wound up happening the last few weeks before the All-Star break, that was not necessarily so terrific, but Devin Williams is going to be available for this team. I think that that is going to be something big to take a look at for the Colorado Rockies. Bottom three team in terms of bullpen ERA, and you've got a lot of guys like Lucas Gobreth, for example. He's got a sub-two ERA at home, north of a six on the road. Got a lot of these guys that they just have these big home and road splits. So as of right now, if I'm able to get north of a plus 110, I will be looking at a Brewers run line. And just with the way that the Rockies wind up hitting on the road, I do think that we're going to see regression from the offense that they want to putting up on Sunday. I'm going to be taking a look at an under. So my total a little bit closer to a 7.7. And we're going to be keep keeping the baseball conversation going coming up next because Sean Zerola does a great job at the Action Network. He's going to be joining me right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Then the Sports Betting Network. We're back here on the look at on Beast and the Sports Betting Network, and great to be joined by our guest as Sean Cirillo does a great job taking a look at the game of baseball over there at the Action Network. And Sean, it is always a pleasure to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Greg. Happy to join you. Happy to have you aboard and glad that we've got some great games that are going to be coming up for Monday in Major League Baseball and a team that, well, shall we say they have not come out of the all-star break firing all cylinders. That'd be the Boston Red Sox. I think this might be a little bit too overreactionary, though. We're seeing a relative pick game here between they and the Cleveland Guardians with Zach Plesak going for the Guardians, Nick Pavetta going for the Boston Red Sox. Boston, no doubt it's not going well for them. Rafael Devers currently on the injured list for this team. They wind up losing 28-5, to and legitimately, you really can't get too much worse than that after what we wind up seeing on Friday. But where do you wind up gauging this one? Because I feel like now we're starting to go a little bit too far on the fade, the Boston Red Sox bandwagon. Yeah, I agree. I think the line is a little bit overreactionary, as you said. Obviously, the Red Sox may be sellers coming up here at the deadline with the way that they are playing, but... In terms of Monday's matchup, I think the line is a little bit short on their side. I projected these lines closer to minus 130 for the first five innings and minus 125 for the full game. So would bet those up to about minus 120 and minus 115, respectively. Taking a look at the starting pitchers, diving deeper into their underlying metrics, have similar ERAs. In fact, Plesak has a better ERA than Nick Pavetta, but the underlying metrics certainly point to Pavetta 
pitching roughly in line with his underlying indicators should be an ERA guy around 4.25, 4.5. But looking at please sacks, batted ball data on baseball savant, his stack cast page is all blue, basically in the bottom 10% for ever, every underlying metric, whether it's barrel rate, hard hit rate, expected batting average, expected slug. He should have an ERA closer to 5.6, 5.5. So definitely give the Red Sox the starting pitching advantage. Surprise, this line is a pick em. As I said, I think it should be closer to minus 125, minus 130. Yep, I agree with you. I would be willing to take it closer to a minus 140 personally on the Red Sox. So I'm in agreement with you there. It certainly has been a rough go of it, but pick em game, I don't think so. The other game that is really going to be going down between American League East teams, that would be the Rays and the Baltimore Orioles. And right now, Race between a minus 125 to a minus 130 favorite, and this seems about right to me. I don't see much there. What I really am taking a look at here is the total. Total of nine. It's been a pair of offenses that have not necessarily been stellar. Rays have been dealing with an injury to Wander Franco. That has hurt them quite a bit, and the Baltimore Orioles, not necessarily a team that's going to be hitting a bunch of home runs, especially in Camden Yards. Not sure how you wind up seeing this, but what I really like in this game is the under. Yeah, I'm actually on the Orioles in this matchup. I like them around plus 110 or better. I basically made this a coin flip game, 50% on paper. The way I broke it down, their offensives have basically been the same, both right around league average for the past two months. Baltimore has been hitting better than they did at the start of the season when they were dealing with cold weather, dealing with that new wall in left field. But offenses relatively on par with one another over the past couple months. Baltimore, though, does have advantages both defensively and in the bullpen. Defensive runs saved. They've been a top three team. The Rays have been closer to average. Bullpen, Rays have been a bottom 10 team. Baltimore has been a top 10 team. Now, Rays are getting some guys back. It is closer than it would appear based on the season-long metrics. But that said, I still view this as essentially a coin flip game. So even with Voth going against Kluber, and Kluber has been at his best since dealing with that litany of injuries that he had for a few seasons I basically still make this game right around a coin flip. So happy to take Baltimore at plus 110 or better. Yep, and awesome both ever since he got over to Baltimore. He has been significantly better. He had a 10-13 ERA with the Washington Nationals. ERA more around a 3-5 with the Baltimore Orioles. And got to be something in the water over there because they've been able to do a great job with some failed starters coming out of the bullpen, doing a really good job with them. And then I want to talk about this game in the last segment. It is the Cubs and the Pirates. Most places you're not going to be able to find a total on this game, but... Rest assured, not a lot of wind out there in Wrigley Field, so this is not one in which you need to become some sort of an amateur meteorologist. Right now, I'm seeing winds of like three miles per hour, so that's not really going to come into play here. But with the Cubs, find them anywhere between minus 142 to about minus 148-ish favorites, depending upon where you look. What are you saying on this one? Because obviously, not going to be able to fire in on totals unless if you're out here at Circa, but I do think that this money line is interesting, and Adrian Sampson to be able to find a new breath of life with the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I think the Cubs are doing some interesting things, developing starters of their own. Samson has been around the league, went to Korea, came back, but he's pitched very well. His preseason projections had him with an ERA or a FIP right around five. He's pitched to an expected ERA closer to 3.7 thus far this year, allowing a lot of weak contact, mixing up his pitches nicely. And on top of that, the Cubs have big advantages, both offensively and in the bullpen too. Like I mentioned with Baltimore, the Cubs have been a top bullpen this season. I think they're top three in expected FIP, whereas the Pirates are closer to league average. And defensively, the Cubs a better team as well. Offensively, Cubs league average. 
Pirates bottom three. So basically across the board, the Cubs are the better team. How you break it down depends on how you view these starting pitchers relative to one another. I bet on GAT Brubaker quite a bit. I actually like him, but even factoring in how much I like Brubaker, I actually make Samson just as good of a pitcher. So the Cubs line, like Boston's line, should be a bit more pointed towards the home team here. I like the Cubs up to about minus 145 for the full game, waiting on that first five line to come out. You typically don't see those overnight with those games at Wrigley just waiting on the weather. Yep, because you don't have a total, you really can't bet the run line either because the run line is going to vary a little bit because when you wind up having a total of 7.5, you're able to find a more juicy run line, in this case getting a plus price laying a run in half than, say, a 9.5 total, for instance. So that makes total sense. And something that I want to take a look at with this game as well is the Pirates' bullpen as a whole because, I mean, the Pirates' bullpen has actually accounted for, like, all but eight or nine of the team's wins thus far this season, which was one of the strangest stats I've seen in quite a while. But I want to take a look at things, and over the last 40 days, Pittsburgh Pirates have the worst bullpen out there in the big leagues. How much do you take a look at full season long stats as opposed to say like the last four weeks in this case, last 40 games list goes on and on because I take a look at this quite a bit and the Pirates bullpen just has not been good. Yeah. So I factor in multiple data points for all of these players model everything through that. But basically I have two preseason numbers for every player. So a couple of preseason projections that are baked in. And then I'm constantly refreshing other in-season data points that should be capturing their more recent performance on top of what they've already done to date. So I don't necessarily weight anything more heavily towards recent performance because I think with relievers especially, that performance can kind of fluctuate pretty wildly from game to game. Oh yeah, it certainly can. And if you're taking a look at recent performance, recent performance of this team, very good. The Houston Astros, recent performance of the team that they're going up against the Oakland A's, not so good. You've got the Astros as a result, the biggest favorite out there in the American League side of things. Find them between about a minus 220, minus 225 on the money line. You're looking to lay this big of money line. Probably should be looking at the run line, in my opinion. And then when it comes to the Oakland A's, find them anywhere between about a plus 190 to a plus $2 underdog with a total of eight. What are you looking at with regards to this one? Because when it comes to Adam Aller, someone that has come up with some relative promise, not been able to put it together. Meanwhile, for Jake Odorizzi, other than that really bad 4th of July start that he wound up having against the Royals, it's actually been relatively solid this year. Yeah, Jake Odorizzi, not a guy I've liked to bet on in the past, but he is doing some things differently this season. Stop throwing his sinker completely. He's gone to all four-seam fastballs, and surprisingly, his batted ball distribution, ground balls, fly balls, hasn't really changed. But what has changed within that fly ball derivative is that he's getting more pop-ups. Has a 17% pop-up rate, which would be one of the highest among starting pitchers. And then you think about him pitching in the Oco Coliseum, where all of those pop-ups go to die with the extra foul territory there. He is a fly ball pitcher, not going to be as harmed by this park as he would be elsewhere going against the weak hitting offense. And I am not high in Adam Aller. His projections have him closer to a 5-ERA type pitcher, limited major league sample. He's been over 6 but even in the high minors, his expected FIP underlying indicators had him closer to a five and a half pitcher. So actually see about a run and a half, two run differential between these two starting pitchers. Obviously, Houston better everywhere else. I like their first five money line where it's situated about minus 200. I made that closer to 70 percent and minus 230. So up to about minus 210 for the first five innings with the Astros. Yep, I do not blame you there. And just one other thing to take a look at as well, because I know that you mentioned the Oakland Coliseum 
being very much more pitcher friendly. How much do you take a look at it day versus night? Because something that I've noticed, especially with these West Coast ballparks, is that they just seem to play a little bit more favorably for fly ball pitchers during the night versus the day. And this is something that I've been taking into account with my handicapping a little bit more in recent years. Yeah, that's something I need to dive into more is day and night splits, not only across the league, but in individual parks, because that is where shadows come into play. That is where hitter sight lines come into play and things may just play out a little bit differently. So I would assume that there was lower scoring during the daytime where it's a bit brighter and probably tougher for the hitters to see, but something I need to dive deeper into right now, I just factor all these parks on the same playing field, but then adjust for wind and weather, but have not figured out a daytime nighttime adjustment yet. Well, Hey, the good news is the athletics have not figured out how to hit at home at all this year. So there is that aspect of it as well. And Sean, you do an amazing job taking a look at baseball day in and day out. Always great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy to join anytime, Greg. Thank you for having me. John does a terrific job of being able to take a look at baseball over there at the Action Network. Always great to get him on board. And coming next, we're going to take a look at a few National League games for Monday right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter into weekly prediction pools. Fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prices. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon. Now to join in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter 21 years or older. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, please do drink responsibly as it is the look ahead with myself, Greg Peterson. And always great to be able to get Sean Zarrillo on the show. Does a great job over there at the Action Network and did a great job being able to break down some baseball for Monday with me. And we've got about, I would say, a few games left to be able to break down. So we're going to have some fun with that in this segment. In the final segment, if you want to missing. My DK Nation pick that I want to giving out. Now we're number two. We've got you guys covered there. I will refresh that for you guys. So we've got a little bit of everything going on in terms of the game of baseball. And got some good action that is going to be going down. That is going to be starting with the Marlins and the Cincinnati Reds for Monday. This is 9:51, 9:52. Reds are going to be trotting out their Nick Lodolo and Trevor Rogers goes for the Miami Marlins. And with the Marlins, you can find them between about a plus 110 to a plus 119 underdog. Between minus 120 and minus 130, your price on Cincinnati with a total of nine. And with Nick Lodolo, he's been able to do a okay job ever since he wanted coming up to the big league level. That's my polite way of saying he hasn't completely lit the games on fire, unlike guys like Revier, San Martin, and company for the Cincinnati Reds team. But for Nick Lodolo, certainly has been a case in which it's been a little bit up and down from now. It's a small sample size. He's only made six career starts, and I mean, he wanted making three starts. A lot of getting injured, and now he's made three other starts. But the big thing for Nick Lodolo is that he's just giving up a lot of contact in general. Opponents are in at 313 off of him. 1.7 home runs per nine innings, four walks per nine. Now, the stuff is very good. In a few years, Nick Lodolo could be a very good starter because he's getting 13 strikeouts per nine innings. But when you're walking four guys per nine innings, and opponents are in north of 300 off of you, that's a little bit of an issue. And Trevor Rogers, he has been having his issues as well. First two years at the big league bubble, he was making things look relatively easy. He was doing a really good job of being able to get all these swings and misses that he was. He was doing a solid job of being able to keep guys off guard. 
has not been the case this year as his almost rookie of the year candidacy last year as he was second in the rookie of the year voting. As went straight down the toilet pole his home runs per nine rate triple what it was last season. His walks per nine rate is right now a 4.2. Strikeouts per nine rate went from a 10.6 last season to an 8.4 and it's all been bad. But with that said, what I've noticed with Trevor Rogers is that his struggles have come at home, which is very strange because with the Miami Marlins, he got one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in Major League Baseball. He's got a north of 7 ERA at home, a respectable 332 ERA on the road. Now, Cincinnati, great American ballpark. It is one of the most hitter-friendly ballparks out there. Other than really the Colorado Rockies, the Reds have some of the most demonstrative home and road splits that you're going to find in all of baseball. And you've had quite a few guys for this Reds team be able to step up and be able to get on base as Brandon Drury has had himself a very nice season. He has been able to slug out 18 home runs. He's sitting somewhere in the neighborhood about a 275. Joey Votto wanted going deep in the team's series finale against the St. Louis Cardinals ever since he came off of the COVID aisle. He's been able to do a relatively solid job. And then you've got Taylor Naquin, Kyle Farmer, Matt Reynolds, Nick Senzel, all in between about a 248 to a 258. So these guys have been able to do a nice job. And Nick, Tommy Pham, he's been able to get on base as well. But you do take a look at the flip side for the Miami Marlins. And you do have AC Aguiar, who's been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. And Joey Wendell has been able to give you right around 275 batting average. Now, the big thing for the Miami Marlins as well is that they have been dealing with a little bit of an injury to one of their top players in Jazz Chislam. He's been their leader in terms of home runs this season. And for the Miami Marlins, prior to their 10-inning game that we wound up seeing on Sunday, they had scored three runs or fewer nine out of their last 12 games. Certainly a little bit unsightly. You need some of these star bats to be able to pick it up as well. Because some of these less heralded guys, like a like even a guy like a Miguel Roas, has been able to pick it up a little bit more. Garrett Cooper has been able to right around 280. But, I mean, Brian De La Cruz, Asu Sanchez, Orde Soler, Throwing their Jacob Sawings, all these guys hitting a 220 or lower. That's a bit of an issue for the team, but what else is an issue? The Reds bullpen bitching. They are currently dead last in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA, posting up a 528. To put this into perspective, next worst bullpen ERA, a 469. As Alexis Diaz, who wound up throwing on Sunday, he has really been the only guy giving the team a sub three ERAs. You've got guys like Joel Kuno. Hunter Strickland, Revier, Sam Martin. You're able to go down the line of guys that posted up a five-plus ERA. And for the Miami Marlins, they did have to throw out their Anthony Bass yesterday. So that means that guys like Dylan Floral, Richard Blyer, guys with right around a four-ish ERA, they're going to be your guys. They're going to be fresh, ready to go out there in the bullpen. But still, Miami Marlins, they're 17th in terms of bullpen ERA at a 395. League average is more around 387. So nothing great, nothing terrible there. But I do think that Rodgers is going to be able to lend a relatively solid performance on the road. I do think that the Miami Marlins are going to be able to bust out as well. Lodolo giving out a couple too many free passes and giving up a lot of car contact in general. Seeing a total of nine. I like this total over. And when it comes to the Miami Marlins, I felt like they should have been a very slight favorite in this spot. So I am going to go with the Marlins being a team that is getting that plus price. So we're going to be taking a look there. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total over. And then when they take a look at what we're getting out there in the great state of Arizona. 959-960 on the betting board. The San Francisco Giants, they hit the road to face off against the Arizona Diamondbacks as Tyler Gilbert goes for the Snakes and got Jacob Junis, who is going to be on the mound for San Francisco. San Francisco between a minus 125 to a minus 130 favorite and between plus 105 and plus 115, your price on Arizona with a total of nine. And 
Set this total a little bit north of nine. We have seen the San Francisco Giants bullpen really regress from what it was last season. As a matter of fact, last season, the Giants were the only team in the big leagues with a sub-three bullpen ERA. That's far this season, the San Francisco Giants are finding themselves 23rd in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. Now, we've seen some of these guys be able to shape up a little bit. They DFA'd Jake McGee, and rightfully so, he was absolutely terrible. And now, of course, he's now with my home state of Milwaukee Brewers, so... That's just absolutely tremendous right there. But that said, John Rebia, Camilo Duvall, Jarlene Garcia, these are guys that are posting up a sub-3 ERA. And for Jacob Junis, he's been able to post up a sub-3-5 ERA. He's had a little bit of a career renaissance here with the San Francisco Giants. And that's just sort of what the Giants wind up doing. They wind up picking up these guys that they see a little bit of something in them. They wind up being able to put them pretty much in, I'll call it their pitching laboratory and. They wind up being able to get some good performance out of them as Jacob Junis. And you take a look at him last season with the Kansas City Royals. He wound up having a 5.26 ERA, a 2.7 home runs per nine rate. This season that has dropped to a 1.3, a career low for him. Strikeout numbers have never necessarily been great. Overall for his career, 8.1 strikeouts per nine innings. He's got 7.6 this season, but he's been able to do a nice job locking in on the walks, just 1.8 walks per nine innings. He's been able to induce a little bit more soft contact as well. Things have been going very well for him as he's got a career opponent's batting average of him of a 269, 219 this year. He has really gotten the benefit of some good coaching out there in San Francisco. And for Tyler Gilbert, many people remember him from the no-hitter that he wound up throwing last season, but not much of a swing and miss guy. Not a guy that necessarily does a good job with regards to command either. I mean, there's really not a lot of redeeming qualities for Tyler Gilbert, and he's backed up by a bullpen that's in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of ERA. Joe Manette, Tipley, Kyle Smith, both of these guys have been relatively solid out there in the bullpen for the team, but we've also got guys like Mark Melanson and company that have not necessarily been so terrific. Gilbert has a 534 ERA, and typically a guy with a north of 5 ERA, typically it's because he's gotten a little bit unlucky in the fielding independent. It is better. Yelling Independent is a 592 as he's allowing two home runs per nine innings. The numbers are just not great with him. And for the years and the Diamondbacks, they're averaging right around 1.5 home runs per game when they're on the road at home. This drops to a little bit below one. Now, with the Arizona Diamondbacks, you do have someone in Christian Walker who's been able to give the team a little bit over 20 home runs. And starting to have a couple guys like Ketel Marte, Josh Ross, be able to get on base. They're hitting right around a 270-ish apiece. But with the Arizona Diamondbacks, Bottom three in the big leagues in terms of batting average. Now, I feel like the San Francisco Giants have been a little bit lucky with their lineup as they're currently in the top six in terms of runs per game, despite the fact that they've really got one guy that's got north of 13 home runs. That'd be Jock Peterson, and Jock Peterson has been dealing a little bit with ailment all season long. He's been a little bit of a platoon player. The Giants, they like to play those righty-lefty splits. Gabe Kapler really goes to work on those, which... I do feel like has been a little bit to the benefit of the San Francisco Giants offense. So that has been able to help them out a little bit, even though you don't have one guy that's just completely ripping the cover off the ball. But I mean, when guys like Yermer Mercedes and Wilmer Flores hitting right around about a 250 to a 260 are some of your best hitters, that is a little bit of an issue. Lamonte Wade Jr., Dom VR, Joey Bart, all these guys are in below the Mendoza line of 200. That's a little bit of an issue. But that said, they are going up against a guy in Tyler Gilbert, who's, whose strikeout to walk rate right around two has not been too terrific for him. And I do think that Jacob Junis, with him coming off of a little bit of an interesting ordeal, this is going to be his first start in about six weeks. He did wind up making one long relief appearance prior to the All-Star break, but I do think that that is going to 
lend itself to some runs in this spot, even though the Diamondbacks have been very much an under team at home this season. I do think that you're going to see a little bit of higher scoring game. Semi total of 9.3, looking over and looking Giants. And in the final segment, we're going to be looking at my DK Nation pick for the MLB on Monday. That's right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college football guide is out now on the pro football guide and is soon to come. There is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts have provided profiles for every single team with advanced stats and power rankings. Plus, you get best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of both football guides today and get access to everything that we've got to offer for the entire football season with a VSIN all-access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at vsin.com slash subscribe as it is the final segment of The Look at right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network and We've got you all covered all week long with a little bit of everything. We're going to get you set for the upcoming football season with not just those two guys, which we've got many folks over here, some of your favorite personalities, hard at work on both of those. And let me tell you, they've done an amazing job. I do more of our college basketball stuff. And as a matter of fact, I'm actually working on the college basketball betting guide right now, which it's a full year job when you've got north of 360 D1 teams to take a look at. Ivy League Conference Preview Podcast coming out at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern, by the way, if you're looking for that, at GNNRSquare D1 on Twitter. So I've got you guys covered on that front, but i get you guys all locked and loaded there. Stormy Bond and Tony, Sean King, they're in on Follow the Money this week. They're going to be doing an amazing job. So it's going to be a lot of fun to take a look at everything getting set for the upcoming football season. And in the meantime, we've got a lot of great baseball to be able to bet on as well. And don't neglect baseball when we wind up getting to September and October as well. There's a lot of great games that wind up happening, especially during the postseason. Postseason baseball, in my opinion, is just absolutely amazing. And we wind up working through these summer months to be able to get that joy. And hopefully we're going to get some joy with regards to the DK Nation pick for Mondays. How about if we wind up going Rays versus Orioles? 963, 964 on the betting board. Got the Rays who've got Corey Kluber on the mound against Austin both of the Orioles. And... They're finding themselves the Rays are right around about a minus 125 to a minus 130 favorite. And when it comes to the Orioles, going to be getting them anywhere between a plus 105 to a plus 115 
Total on this game is nine, and that's where I'm going to be looking at. The DK Nation pick is going to be on the total. I did wind up saying the Rays at a minus 126, so minus 125 is pretty much the max that I'm going to lay, which right now you're finding that as the exact number at DraftKings, so pretty much up to what we're seeing right now. That's what I would be willing to lay, but taking a look at this total under is taking a look at both of these bullpens and just seeing how incredible they've been. Both of these teams in the top 10 in terms of bullpen ERA and for the Baltimore Orioles, they've really done an amazing job with this pen. They are fourth in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. You've got Joey Creeble along with Keegan Aiken throwing there, Cino Perez, Felix Batista, Dylan Tate, all these guys posting up a 262 ERA or better end for the Rays. And you've got someone like a Jason Adam with a sub two ERA. Brooks Raley, Colin Pooch, these guys have been able to come in. They've been able to do a very solid job for this bullpen and for Corey Kluber has been able to do a nice job recently, posting up right around a 332 ERA in his last 12 starts. Overall for the season has been pinpoint accurate, giving up 1.4 walks per nine innings. Then on the flip side for the Orioles, awesome both. I had a really rough go of it while he was with the Washington Nationals. First two or so months of the season, he was with Washington, posted up a 1013 ERA. Opponents were hitting north of a 360 off of him. That has been slashed by over 130 points. Opponents are hitting a 239 off of him. Now he's been with the Baltimore Orioles. And in nine total appearances, including five stars, 342 ERA with Baltimore. And just as a starter, he's been able to post up an ERA five points lower than he did coming out of the bullpen as well. So his natural spot is as a starter. Now, you can't expect Austin both to be able to necessarily lend a whole lot of length as he has gone fewer than five innings in every one of his starts thus far this season. But in my opinion, you can expect three, maybe four relatively solid innings before he winds up giving way to a bullpen that has really been able to do a good job of being able to hold it down. And both of these bullpens as well, they're in the top four in terms of innings pitch as well. So it's not like this is a pair of bullpens that they can only wind up coming in for a few innings. And then if you wind up having them get trotted out there too far, they wind up losing a lot of steam. And it's not been the case with either of them. And in the case of both of these teams, both of them have been having a little bit of a tough time in terms of the bats as well as both of these teams in the bottom 10 in terms of runs per game. As a matter of fact, going into Sunday, both of these teams averaging approximately 4.23 runs per game this season. So a little bit rough there. The Rays are 23rd in all of baseball in terms of home runs on a per game basis as well. And with the Rays, you know, the injury to Wander Franco has left them a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of being able to generate some offense. Got a lot of guys hitting below the Bedos line of a 200 when you've got guys like Rene Pinto, Taylor Walls, Fidel Brujan, Brett Phillips, list goes on and on. All not necessarily being able to fire on all cylinders. That tells why I'm hurting them quite a bit. And for the Baltimore Orioles, you do have a couple guys towards the bottom that have not necessarily been so trustworthy now. I will say, for the Orioles, you have a couple guys who are able to get on base for this team. You've got Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, Austin Ace, Trey Boomo Mancini, all in between about a 262 to a 270. And with Mountcastle and also Ryan Mountcastle and Ryan Mountcastle, and I should say, we've also got out there Anthony Santander. They've been able to give you a combined 30 home runs thus far this season, so they've been solid. But you've got Ori Mateo, Robinson Chirinos, Ruben Adodor, Tyler Devin, all these guys. Think about a 215 or lower, so that's been an issue. Now, with Ori Mateo, if you're able to get him on base, he's actually able to be relatively solid. He's been able to give you north of 20 stolen bases thus far this season, but certainly has been a little bit of an issue there. I do think that this is going to be a lower-scoring game. Corey Kluber has been solid. Austin both. He's able to do his part for about three or four innings before 
lending way to a very, very good bullpen, having a solid long guy in Keegan Aiken that's able to give you multiple innings as well. So that's where I'm going to be looking with the DK Nation pick, especially with the ballpark out there in Baltimore being changed from last season where they wound up throwing the fences out a little bit further has really been affecting the deep ball and what we've been seeing out there in Baltimore this season. So looking at an under with the DK Nation pick and willing to lay up to a minus 125 on the side in the race money line. And then when it comes to Rangers versus Mariners, a little bit of an interesting ordeal here as this is game number 971-972 on the betting board. Juan Otto is going to be getting the start for the Rangers and Chris Flexen is going to be on the bump for Seattle and Seattle. They find themselves as anywhere between about a minus 135 to a minus 145 favorite and between plus 125 and plus 135 your price on Texas with your total on this game enough. Seeing a straight eight at DraftKings with the juice on the over, but what I find to be so intriguing about this game is that this was the exact same matchup and the exact same pitching matchup that we wound up seeing last Sunday. So the Sunday before the All-Star break, that's approximately eight days ago. Now, with the game in Texas, you were finding the Seattle Mariners between about a minus 135 to a minus 140 favorite. We flipped venues, and the line is the exact same. Now, I recognize that now the Seattle Mariners coming off of a little bit of a losing streak after playing against the Houston Astros, whereas they were riding that massive win streak that was at 13 prior to the game. But what they're saying is the line right now should be the exact same as it was last week in Texas, now being in Seattle. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I wound up saying the Seattle Mariners more around a minus 180 favor. Chris Flexen has been able to do a very solid job for the Seattle Mariners team, posting up a sub-3 ERA over his last seven starts, has given up three earned runs or fewer in each out of his last nine starts. Now, what I will say about Glenn Otto is that he just has not been able to pitch in Texas, and on the road, he's actually been halfway decent. Overall for the season, a 540 ERA. That is a big giant wolf for him, and what has really been killing Glenn Otto this season has been the walks. Five walks per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate during the 2021 season was a 10.8. That's more around a seven thus far this season, but you take a look at him, six starts on the road compared to seven at home. He's got an ERA of a 739 at home, a 330 on the road. So has been a relatively competent pitcher on the road. And the big reason why, the deep ball, 31 and two-thirds innings at home. He's given up six long balls. He's given up just two deep balls in 30 innings on the road. So he's been able to do a solid job, be able to hold it down there. But the big thing is the Seattle Mariners, how about the way that this bullpen has been able to perform? You take a look at the last 40 days, they have been by far the best bullpen in terms of ERA in the league. As a matter of fact, they've got a buck 68 ERA over the last 40 days out of their bullpen. No other team is within a full point of them in their bullpen. The next best is, ironically enough, a team I wound up just talking about, the Baltimore Orioles, with a 269 ERA. A lot of guys that wound up having their roles at the beginning of the season, Andres Munoz, Diego Castillo, you're able to go down the line of guys that wound up having a north of four ERA the first 45 to 60 days of the season. They've all been able to pick it up in this time span. Meanwhile, for the Texas Rangers, ever since Joe Barlow wound up going out with an injury, it's been a little bit more tough for them as in this time span, Rangers have been league average in terms of bullpen ERA 15th. You've had Brock Burke be able to do a solid job, but starting to see a little bit of regression with some of these guys like Garrett Richards, like Dennis Santana. And when it comes to the Seattle Mariners, they have been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Julio Rodriguez that has been hurting them as he and Eugenio Suarez 
their 16 home runs. They currently lead the team, but with the Texas Rangers, they've been able to do an okay job with their offense, but seeing the regression in terms of their bullpen and the way that the Seattle Mariners have been able to perform out there in the pen has been on the Seattle Mariners in this spot, and they might have saying my total at 7.8 as a result as well. A little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. I'm going to be taking a look at the under end. We're going to be taking a look at baseball all summer long here on VSIN. Going to get you guys set for the upcoming football season. And for those of you guys listening to a replay, follow the money. That is going to be coming up 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on VSIN. A.m. Eastern, right here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.